Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you again for tuning in week after week. You guys are amazing. I love you. I can't tell you the lives that are being changed. It chokes me up. So many people have reached out and said, hey, I listened to one of your podcasts, one of your guests that was on there, and it changed my life, saved my life. And and I just can't thank you enough for sharing this with people who are struggling because so many of us unfortunately are, but it's beautiful because there's hope and people are actually changing their lives through this. And it's wonderful. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, um, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery and Veracity Networks. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for believing in me. And then I, um, again, thank you guys for tuning in week after week. And we're only going to keep going and getting bigger and it's because of our guests. Today is no different. We have an amazing person on today. Her name's Laura Rowe. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, you bet. Um, a little background. Um, she's the author of The Art of Flow, Mindful Mini Meditations, right? I'm excited to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. She has another book that's coming out. Um, and she's been through a lot herself. Um, she cured an autoimmune disease via yoga, meditation, and visualizing and nutrition. And I am a big, big proponent and pusher of visualizing. I, that is one of the most powerful mm -hmm. things that we can do as human beings. So I can't wait to hear what she's did there. She overcame grief and betrayal by learning to fully forgive. Um, she had P she suffered from PTSD, from violence and abuse that she was able to get past. Um, you've actually penned three novels, right? Um, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that. You raised two children solo, uh, which is not an easy task. That's probably been the most mm -hmm. difficult, but yet the most rewarding, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things uh, Laura and I were talking about off air is how she discovered that happiness and the ability to feel good is always a choice. And I can't wait to talk and dig into that. But there's so much more that she's done, but I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. But again, Laura, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Why don't we just start off? Tell us where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, sure. I grew up in North Carolina. Um, I grew up on the border of an old tobacco farm. Okay. Uh, still had shacks from slave days, and uh, <laughs> it became it became a horse and cattle farm. Uh, but my parents met at Duke, so we had this interesting yin yang existence of the intellectuals and in the country. It was kind of kind of a cool place to grow up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where I grew up. And um, the South, I don't know if any of your, any of your listeners are from the South. The South has a, there's a dichotomy in the South where people will bring you pies when you move in <laughs> and can be, like can be, yeah, no, it can be really, really friendly. And, um, and you can have this sense of security. And yet there's a deep, deep embedded history of a type of love that is um ownership love and so you you have a lot of violence in the south um and uh and it's always been there it's kind of an interesting thing so i think it's hard to navigate as a woman and i certainly even in high school even before high school you know was 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 chased by someone who wanted to attack me and survived um a school shooting of my oh, best oh. friend um and uh by it by a stalker and um wow. and so and so early on i was trying to navigate navigate that um and get over that so yeah, I, that... I don't know how i feel about ever moving back to the south but i've certainly overcome what i went through which is which is good yeah you're live in california today in the sunny yeah sunny, cool california right now and uh yeah yeah. I, you know, I've always been a fan of North Carolina. Um, but just because I'm a huge basketball fan and I'm a oh, North, yeah. I'm more of a North Carolina Tar Heels fan versus a Duke. Um, mm -hmm. but they're both amazing programs. So that's kind of been my experience just from a distance. Uh, I've actually yeah. never been there, but, uh, people that have gone there, they love it. They say it's beautiful. And, but I've also heard similar things that what you just mentioned. So 
as a young child going through some of those kind of those scary things you just mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, how, how did that affect, you know, your childhood and maybe you as a person, did it cause you to kind of, you know, withdraw and isolate or did it cause you to, you know, have to seek out therapy at that time? I mean, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that. No, I, I don't mind at all. I mean, a surprising thing about me, because I'm talkative now, I was a very shy <laughs> as a little girl. And uh, I didn't really talk to strangers till I was 11, you know, outside the family kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but I've been a dancer since I was five and, and okay. a pretty good one. Um, and what I learned from what I went through is kind of sad, you, you know, and now I've, yeah. I've overcome that. But it, it, it was sort of when, when stalkers came about, one killed my partner. Um, mm. Yeah. And uh, like jealous rages that I went through with a boyfriend and some of my girlfriends did too. You know, it was like, there was something like to be ashamed of if you're attractive, there was something to be ashamed of if you got, uh, if you became good at something like dancing, which mm -hmm. there's really nothing to be ashamed of. Right. right? And yeah. so, um, it, it was really hard to navigate. It was really hard to navigate. And so it propelled me into my intellect. And now right. I sort of married the two. Okay. Um, so when I went to college, um, I, uh, I picked University of Georgia out of happenstance. One of my best friends from childhood went there. And I, after my friend was murdered and it was just, it was, a, it was a mess. I was a mess my senior year. And I just drove up to UGA and showed him my test scores. And they're like, okay, you can go here, but you have to see us every week. That was what a counselor said. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I did, and I just threw myself into writing and working at the newspaper. And that's, that's literally how I became a journalist. I was trying to figure out my world and I covered crime back then. Oh, um, okay. And, um, but at the same token, it was just my way of being able to, asked for help, I could interview experts. I could interview attorneys who could explain these things. And I learned yeah. about, and I, I was writing for the Atlanta Journal of Constitution while I was in college. And I was writing about rape cases on campus. You know, it was just, I was very interested in, in, that, in that area because of what um, I went through. And, and yeah. the, um, so, and my sister, one of my sisters also had been attacked by someone pretending to be a police officer. So there was a lot, a lot in the South that I experienced. And maybe it's all over the country, but yeah. um, that was where I grew up. Um, yeah. And so finding a way, like I used to in college wear baggy pants and no makeup on. <laughs> like I didn't want any attention okay. and I stopped dancing. And it was, a, it was a shame because I loved dancing. It made me happy. So, oh, wow. you know, finding a way to, to be free and free of fear um, is really what PTSD is about. Like getting yeah. over PTSD is about. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you got into writing, even though you were mm -hmm. maybe writing about some heavy things, was that also yeah. a way for you to kind of like, you know, therapize yourself kind of a way to start healing a little bit because you could really express yourself through writing. Well, I think another thing about being a really tiny blonde woman in the South is that when you want to interview experts, oftentimes you get mansplained. And it's still yeah. a case, my friends that are journalists say they still have these issues. And oftentimes you'll get the honey and the sweetie in, in the South and it's just, it's demoralizing. And so yeah. I purposely didn't go the route of TV after one internship and I felt that experience. And I was newspaper or radio. And if you call up some, I even interviewed former secretaries of states, you know, and you get a deeper voice and you ask the right questions and they respond. And it, yeah. and it was, it was just a way to really learn because again, I was shy and, and had been through so much. It was afraid to, I was afraid to do a lot of things, but I could talk about it. I could interview people about it. Um, and it was, you know, while I was at university of Georgia in 1990, you know, they didn't even have laws across the country that helped women. They yeah. didn't have telephone poles around the schools where you could call in case of an emergency. Right. A lot of my roommate at UGA got gang raped by fraternity boys and she was shamed wow. and she, and she flew to Virginia um, to get psychological help and no one 
no one was penalized. So, so I was just, I was just, all these things were going in my mind where I was refusing to become someone who hated men because that's not, that's not the point, but I wanted to write about the connection between alcohol, the connection between these events and, and, and to interview experts about it. So I got to interview people on campus and what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? How are we going to catch these? Why aren't you reporting how many students are getting attacked off campus, but just because they're not in dorms, why isn't this? And now all of that's reported. So I, I, it felt really good to play a role in that because I wasn't ready at the time to talk about what I went through. So instead you know, it's like when you okay. hear about like someone who started Mothers Against Drunk Driving, right? And yeah. she shares her whole story. Well, I was just an 18, 19 year old kid. I wasn't ready yeah. to share my story, right. nor did I feel comfortable with it because I was pretty shy, but I could get involved in my own way. And it, it felt, it felt great. And I was hooked, you know, I, yeah, was, right. I was hooked right then and there yeah. of making a difference in my own way and then sure. figuring out from an expert oh, there's free counseling. Oh, there's this, you know, and I was like, I got a counselor yeah. when I was there through right. an interview with someone like they didn't have to know that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, so that's, that's no, that's pretty impressive for being that young and being willing, even though you weren't really sharing your story, you know, to people, mm-hmm. but very brave of you to actually do these interviews for, with these, you know, maybe men who, you know, maybe seemed intimidating at the time and, you know, yeah. and, and also you brought a awareness to these issues and things started to change. And so that says a lot about you. I mean, that's pretty brave for a young girl to do that. But I mean, I'm behind a microphone. I wasn't like the police or, you know, like, sure. like for instance, there was a, there was a junior who got attacked um, my senior year and she was in an apartment with all these other sorority girls and someone broke into her sliding glass door and stabbed her multiple times it was never reported because the school did not want to thwart other people from applying and yeah. these sort of things still happen but it was happening all the time back in yeah. 90 91 sure. and it's it's appalling you know it's st- because you, you need that information out there maybe somebody knew you think about think about it It was before cell phones and everyone's taking pictures and twitter and right. you know and it and it's like what if somebody knew and somebody had a description and somebody could, what if that person went on to attack others? And it just, it is so appalling to me when I think of it now, but back then I was just sort of, huh, that's weird. And it ended up, we ended up pulling information from all these other schools and writing a big article that ended up getting the manager on constitution. And, and if it did anything at all, if it helped one girl, at least report, then that's a miracle. Because yeah. back then it was just so common. It was sure, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's awful. You know, I'm so glad I had boys. If I had girls going to college right now, I'd be, I'd, I'd have PTSD over it, but um, yeah. I know it's a safer environment now. They have a lot yeah. more information. So, yeah, I have, I have three girls that uh, one's already graduated from college. The other two are in college and on campus and, and it is a lot safer. Um, but again, mm-hmm. there's always that, you know, fear of what you're talking about and, and again, I, you know, I just, you, you know, after studying up on you and just what you've been through, you've lived like a thousand lifetimes. It feels like. <laughs> I know, right? I'm a cat. Yeah. <laughs> at least nine, at least nine. Yeah. But I'm so impressed though, by again, not only what you were doing back then, but what you're doing now. And we're going to get into that here in a minute, but uh, you know, you, you were, a, you, we met, you mentioned to me that you're a health and wellness journalist for like over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Talk about that experience and what the, what you learned from that, because we talked about how, you, you know, you've done a lot of, you know, help with people who struggle with addictions and anxiety and depression and PTSD and all that. Talk about that journey a little bit. Wow. Well, it started when I was pregnant with my I'm now 19 year old, I'm in denial, but I had been <laughs> writing about business business and technology, mostly the career side, people always interest me, but I was writing a lot for like Forbes and a couple of their ink. And, and I was writing about careers and, 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 and I would always niche myself and work life balance. Like, I don't, I'm a little selfish. I'll start writing about (laughs) things I want to learn. Um, and, um, (laughs) anyway, and I, I realized I was like eight months pregnant with my son and I hadn't had time because I had so many deadlines. I hadn't had time (laughs) to read up enough on pregnancy. So I kept pitching, um, (laughs) 
these magazines and I ended up getting a column of Fit Pregnancy magazine. And that got me really into the health world. And I never looked back. I still write about pregnancy today. Um, it's yeah. such a critical time for women to take care of themselves and for their partners to help them. And more so than we even realize. Um, so anyway, I still do that. And I teach prenatal yoga. However, I started writing about all different kinds of, of health issues. Um, and one of the common denominators, are, I, I helped uh, the American Cancer Society launch their magazine. So I've been writing about cancer for, for 20 oh, wow. years. Um, there's a common denominator with everything, whether it's Alzheimer's, whether it's cancer, um, heart disease and addiction, um, depression, and that's stress. And if we can lower our stress levels Mm. and autoimmune disease, you know, um, I, I was living in London and flew back here to see like the top rheumatologist in the world. Lucky me. He had, he, he was free. And he told me about 15 years ago, uh, his name is Dr. Shack, And he said, we don't have substantial evidence yet because these trials sometimes take 10 years of study. But I can tell you, if you do meditation, yoga, deep breathing, and regular moderate exercise, and you don't drink, you will no longer have lupus. It's going to go away. Wow. And... And he's like, you can't quote me on that, but I know. <laughs> but I know, and so, yeah. <laughs> and that started my that started my journey with with yoga, and I taught myself. I've done I've done like seven trainings since then, but in the beginning, I, I did a yoga for dummies, you know, yeah. DVD. And I was living in London. <laughs> and I'd do it in the morning, um, and then it was also do a, a diabetic diet. You lower your sugar, you know. Um, and since then, I've written a lot of articles and. Um, and there's a science behind what happens in the brain. And it, you know, we have different areas of the brain. I won't get into that because people listening will be like, oh, but, but if you think about it, when you're really, really anxious and you can't breathe and you're nervous, yeah. your, your fight or flight mechanism is, is, is lit up yeah. and that's high levels of cortisol, high levels of glucagon. And that is meant to be happening if you're running for your life, not yeah if you you were triggered by a story on the news and so but this happens and how do we deal with it and our heart rate's going crazy too so we start getting reactive because the area of the brain that's supposed to work 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 really fast is 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 a reactionary area of the brain not a response oriented which means i pause I, i i tap in i take a few breaths and i detach from the illusion of what is happening, what is really happening. I'm here right now and I'm safe. I detach, I breathe. And that you can take many meditation pauses like that. And it literally trains your brain to respond rather than react. And you just keep doing it throughout the day. And then eventually, and eventually you can work up to like a full five or 10 minute meditation throughout the day. And, um, and that allows your brain just to completely relax. Yeah. Almost like you've taken a vacation. Uh-huh. And so you're not in the looping thoughts because no matter what's happening in your life, whether it's financial trouble, troubles or mm-hmm. maybe family issues or health issues, overthinking about it causes chronic stress, which causes more chronic health issues. Yeah. But, but even me saying that doesn't change anything. I can intellectually understand a concept. Yeah. And I can talk about it all day long. I mean, I'm in a support group. I can talk about it all day long with my friends that are also <laughs> drinking coffee. That's not going to yep. help me feel safe, help me feel calm, help me, right. you know, master my emotions and thoughts. And, um, and meditation helps you do that as well as lowering um, the toxicity levels in your blood. So where there, you know, where there's an acidic blood area is where cancer can grow. So there's all these sort of, pinpoints that uh the national institute of health is studying right now which i find that i just wrote an article about it yesterday and um and and there's it's just so much coming out where they're able to study thousands of people who meditate versus those who don't those who have heart conditions those who have depression those who are overcoming addiction and and then they noticed you know five years out how they're doing and i love that because if anyone needs all you have to do is feel it though to know it but some people need that extra 
um, testing, especially physicians, to recommend it. So I'm, yeah. I'm heartened by that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love what you're saying. It reminds me of a quote, I think, don't, uh, I guess don't quote me on this, but I think it was Eckhart <laughs> Tolle that said, if you understand something intellectually and it stays there, you've never truly experienced it. And that's basically what you were just saying. Yeah. I love what you just said there. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, Laura, I, I have clients and I'm not kidding you without fail, 100% of the time they say, I can't stop thinking you know, yeah. and they, they come in and they're like you said, high stress, high levels of anxiety. Yeah. And, yeah. and so um, how do you, you, you talked about how, you know, again, curing that immune disease via yoga, meditation, visualizing and nutrition. Yeah. How, how, how does someone do that? Like when, when you meet with a client or you meet with someone who's struggling yeah. in that realm, how do you get them to like, start believing that they can actually do that? I don't talk about it. Okay. I, I don't talk about it. Okay. I think I think we talk so much, especially in this country. Yeah. Um, and so um, I teach uh, restorative yoga to cancer patients at a hospital here in LA. I have for, for seven years. You don't get a higher level anxiety than that, especially during the pandemic oh, past year. Man. That's why I, that's why I wrote that meditation book. It was like a love letter to them because they couldn't go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, we do deep breathing. Okay. We don't, we don't talk about it oh, because wow. I want, I want someone to experience it. I don't, I don't, until you experience something, you don't wrap your mental arms around it. You just yeah. don't. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we could do a couple of deep breaths here if you want to. I mean, the idea is to fill your lungs and your, your, your belly and as you exhale, you soften the stomach and the intestines because the intestines have so many neurons that light up. You know, it's, there's no wonder like, you know, when you get that, you know, the spider feeling of anxiety, yeah. like your spider yeah. sense, often your stomach kills you, mm. right? There's that gut reaction yep. and it's, and, and some people have to use the bathroom right away. Sorry, but you know, and, and some people sure. get nauseous right away. You know, if, if you've ever had extreme heartache, you know, or if you've been through a divorce, sometimes you just can't eat. There's, it, there's something in the gut that I'm, I'm convinced has so much to do with the rest of our health, including depression and deep breathing eases your belly. And then when your belly eases, your heart eases, and then your brain starts to soften a little bit. And, um, and that's usually where I start. Okay. I, don't, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it because most of the time people have therapists or best friends <laughs> or sponsors and, and, and I think sometimes I, I listen to a lot of Abraham. I don't know if you've heard of Abraham, but um, Esther Hicks, Abraham. And a lot of times yes. um, and we can get on this. Uh, it's like a dog with a bone. We can start gnawing on a topic. And that alone is anxiety inducing because we start focusing more on it. And I really yeah. believe that we do have to understand where we came from. Like I needed to understand what I went through to get over the abuse and the yeah. neglect that we haven't even talked about and, yeah. um, and the abandonment because my, you know, I had to get over a lot of, of, of things. So I needed to understand some of the, some, even some of the ways I dealt with things, because maybe that was a pattern in childhood and it worked then, but they're not the right tools now. I'm sure you've heard of that. And, sort of, yeah. um, and so, and that's good, but then sometimes we just have to drop the story and be like, right here, right now, I'm okay. Yeah. All is well right now. And the more that we, feed ourselves positive um, messages, we start to believe it. But the more yeah. we get into fear, it's just like, I, I hate using this analogy because it seems like a silly one. And I don't mean to trivialize this, especially when there's PTSD involved. But but, it, but think about it. Like if you want to buy a new car, you suddenly see that car everywhere. everywhere when before yeah. you didn't, the same color, the model, everything. Well, when we start panicking, I'm never going to, I'm never going to pay rent. Uh, my boss always hates me. You know, he's yeah. never going to listen to me. This isn't ever going to happen. Why even bother? You know, we start, it, these are knee jerk ego yeah. thoughts that, that I do too. So there's no shame or blame here. I mean, I, yeah. I, I had to learn how to stop it. Sometimes it's like a record rip in my mind and I just take a deep breath and fill the lungs and hold it for 10, exhale out of the mouth. Um, and I'll literally say all is well. 
right here, mm-hmm. right now, in this perfect moment, I am okay. Yeah. And you just yeah. come back to the moment. To the moment, um, yeah. Love it. And that's something that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love that. Well, you're obviously very passionate about this. You've been through a lot yourself. You talked about some things that you've been through. Tell us a little bit more about that if you're comfortable with whatever you're willing to share. Just some of these struggles that you've gone through. You've already mentioned a few. I know that uh, when you turned 39, your husband had left you, you know, raising two kids. I mean, that's kind of when you said you hit rock bottom. So just share a little bit more about your own personal journey around your own trauma and kind of how this has all played a part and how you're so passionate about helping others in this area now. Yeah. I mean, for me, the experience got me back on track. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners have, have issues with codependency as well as um, childhood of addiction, but oftentimes we can put other people first to the point where we lose ourselves and we don't even know what's happening. It's just a little slippery slope. A lot of women are almost trained that way, you know, to be a good wife and mother, you put everyone else first and you're expected to do that. Um, and, and it can just start little by little and little by little and little by little. And then suddenly (laughs) you can't even remember what your favorite song is or what (laughs) your goals are, you know? Um, um, and so I, I I sort of fell into that department. I was very pregnant when we moved to California because I needed a specialist. Um, and, uh, there wasn't one in England. And so we moved back here and six months later, my, my ex left, he, he had an affair and he left. And, Mm. um, what was interesting now looking back through that, because it was a long time ago, right? Now looking back 12 years later, I can see that sometimes God does for you what you won't do for yourself. I needed to leave a long time ago. I wasn't allowed to do my creative writing. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to do my yoga. I wasn't, wow. it was, it was deemed not making enough money for the family. And I wasn't allowed to do things that made my heart sing. Um, yeah. And, and it was really, it got me on this path of doing a lot of, a lot of um, yoga trainings and meditations. Now, how did I do that? Raising an infant by myself. That was really hard. My mother was dying of Alzheimer's. She got early onset and I was by myself in California with um, a uh, six-year-old and infant. And that was, it was, it was just, I was in shock for a long time in shock. Um, And so I am, I just little by little, I, I, I can't, you know, that's really what got me into, into yoga though, because I couldn't feel my shoulders were curled forward. A lot of people have been through heartache. They cross their arms all the time and their shoulders are curled. And, um, I, I even had a brief stint of like amnesia for five minutes. Like when you're in high levels of anxiety, things just shut down and lack of sleep and that, you know, um, and, and somehow I made it my boys are so, so worth it. And, um, yeah. But uh, I don't know if I would have found my way back to fiction and getting into a support group that's for codependency. And um, I don't think I would have, would have done all that. And I'm a much happier person now. Isn't that interesting? But but here's where, here's where you and I were talking about this before. We always have a choice in life. Yeah. I want to talk about this. And, and one of the things I really believe in is not lecturing because I think that everyone's journey, everyone's journey is so unique and powerful and you know i could have made this journey 15 years earlier but for whatever reason i wasn't ready do you see what i mean and it's like it's so if someone's listening and thinking well it might have been easy for her you know it's just it's all timing you know and when the when the message hits your heart space and and you're motivated great but oftentimes it takes being away from anyone who shames and blames you you, you like I had to pull myself away from any judgmental people in my life who would trigger my fears like oh you'll never survive in California being a yoga meditation teacher and doing freelance writing oh you know anyone who you, you got to get that full-time job you can't be writing those novels like anyone yeah. who would trigger those those fears I had to let go of and there's no way I could have let go of them without yoga and meditation because in yoga, you take a lot of deep breaths and you think about miracles happen every day. Why not today? Yeah. And you start to do the I am meditation, which is you inhale 
to sew and you exhale to home, which means I am in Sanskrit. And then whatever comes in, you already are. It's like a whisper mm. from the universe reminding you, I am enough. Yeah. I am deserving. So I guide that every week to my, wow. to my yogis and you keep bringing it in. You know, I'm loving, I'm lovable. I am, I am worthy exactly as I am. There's nothing I need to do to be deserving. Being born means I am deserving. Whatever messages people have told me is about them. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. And so you, 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 if you repeat these messages enough, it'll sink in like a watermark, but it takes, it takes time. It takes time. No, very well yeah. said, Laura. Thank you for sharing that. You know, how would, you know, there's many definitions that people will give us about what happiness really is. I'm curious mm -hmm. how you would describe it because I'm sure you have a very profound way of saying it <laughs> um, because you discovered it through choosing it. But how would you define happiness? That's a good question. I mean, I think Abe Lincoln said people are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Um, and happiness is not a destination. It's not in your bank account. Um, for me, I am happy if I feel safe and serene, at ease, when I feel like all is well, I'm exactly in the flow of where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, like I feel lucky that I do yoga and I write every day yeah. and I, I set my own schedule. I get to hang with my, I have a 12 year old now and okay. I can, I can hang with him after school. And, um, that makes me really happy. Um, and sure. I could be making a lot more money if I was a full-time editor again at a magazine, but, um, but then I'm not with my, my boys enough and I'm not able to work out and stay healthy for me. It's, um, I am so much healthier than even 20 years ago because of the autoimmune yeah. and getting that under control. It's just miraculous when you wake up and you feel refreshed and there's no back aches, there's no headaches, there's no joint aches. And it's amazing. Wow. That's what I wish for everyone listening, because a lot of times our mood dis-ease, like, you know, um, has a lot to do with whether we're sleeping well mm -hmm. and um, whether we have time to take care of ourselves um get checkups i mean i know it sounds there's these little things in life like if i have time to garden in the middle of the day that yeah. makes me happy it's like the, it's the little things yeah and it's i think i think choice and safety so whenever someone is in a traumatic experience and say they have to make a instant decision to move and maybe they've lost a lot of money for instance um it can be hard to find these feelings of safety and I get that. And there's so many Americans that are working two jobs and, um, yeah. and it's really important to know that it's going to get better, that you can do this and to get help when you need it. Maybe get yeah. a friend to babysit your child and go in your room or take a hot bath and do some deep breathing. Yeah. Put on a meditation CD. Like Chopra is, is, has a 21 day free challenge right now with Alicia Keys. What more beautiful voice is there than Alicia Keys? And you can just plug it in and listen so you don't have to work so hard. Sometimes if you've yeah. got so much going on, it's hard to just drop into a meditation. That's why guided ones are, are nice. And then you can yeah. just, you know, whatever, whatever listeners are going through, there's at least one other person on the planet probably going through something similar and For sure. um, surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. Um, and if you don't finding it within, yeah, it's so important, so important. Mm -hmm. um, and that to me is when you're at a place where you feel safe and that all is well and somewhat in control of your days um, as a woman with, who's been through a lot of PTSD, that's, that's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very well said, you know, a couple things that hit me. One, the simplicity, you said that it's the simple things, it's the small things. And I'm a big mm -hmm. 
pusher and believer of that. I think we as human beings, and I'll, I'm guilty of it, where I overcomplicate things. <laughs> I overthink it. I, I've got to do all this and then I'll be okay, you know, and, and I love what you said, you know, hey, it's the simple things. It's, you know, if I got time to go to the garden for a minute, I'm going to go do that. You know, if I can listen to a meditation and a soothing voice and, you know, I'll do that as well. So I really love that. And I was going to mention before you mentioned Queen Latifah's voice, you have a really good voice. Like your voice, oh, very good meditated voice. It's just very soothing. I'm sure you've heard that before. Well, thank you. I've, I've, I've got a quiet voice though. So I often hear speak up in my classes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no, it's, it's awesome. I really, I hey. think it's exactly with how you live your life. And speaking of that, what is, what does a day look like for you? I mean, what do you do? Obviously, you're, you, I guarantee, you know, we understand that all these things you're telling us, I'm sure you do the meditation and the yoga. Mm -hmm. But what does a day look like for you? Like, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, yeah. So about three years ago, I downsized. And my because when you when I lived in Europe, I'm just adding this, when you live in Europe, almost everyone, like entire families share one bathroom, right? Like in London and Paris. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, what? I know Americans have their big homes and everything. But I really, 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 because my child support was being cut in half. And I was like, I really, 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 really don't want to go back full time. I want to spend this time with my children. It's really important that I'm here after school and these sorts of things, especially in LA. Yeah. So we live in a tiny cottage with one bathroom. And what I love about it though, is that it's still like an eight minute walk to the beach. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I freelance, right? Still. So I'm, I'm currently writing for Canyon Ranch. Um, I'm hoping they'll let me go for free. We'll see. There is an yeah. expensive place, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm helping them write all their articles for the relaunch and, but I can set my own time for it. So this morning I woke up, I went down, I got my son ready for school and I went to the beach and today was um, just a walk on the beach day or a run on the beach day. I mix it up between yoga and okay. um, ran on the beach before it gets crowded with all the Memorial day. Yeah. People. That's good. <laughs> um, and then came back up and uh, started working for uh, my articles. I've written four articles this morning. Wow. You know, one on depression and meditation and blood pressure and prostate cancer. Interesting enough, I told you before, stress is a common denominator in all of them. In all know? of them. Yeah, right. Right. And I'm talking to you. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I'll go meet my son at the farmer's market uh, when we hang up. And, um, and then talk to my agent. So I've got really exciting news. I've got two novels that are, um, that I've been working on for the past eight years. And, um, and we've got, um, nice. a bunch of publishing houses interesting, interested. So I hope the next time I get to talk to you, I can tell you when one of them's getting published. So. Yes. I would love well, congratulations. Yeah. That sounds Thank amazing. You. Well, you. You, you're doing a lot of good. You got a lot done today, obviously. And, you know, again, I really respect the way you live your life. But more importantly, what I respect you even more is how you've allowed not allowed, but you've gone through some really difficult things in your life. Mm -hmm. But it's but you're looking at it as it happened for you in a sense, because look what you're doing now. I mean, like you said, had you not gone through on any of that, you wouldn't be doing any of this. <laughs> Who knows what you'd be doing. But it's yeah. interesting that all those trials and those difficult things you went through, led you to discovering all of these amazing things, the visualizing, the yoga, the meditation, the nutrition. And, yeah. and like you said, just these simple things that you keep talking about. And it's just beautiful how you live your life. Thank you. I, I have a strong belief that um, we all have higher selves. I did a course in miracles with Marion Williamson. And Oh, yeah. Um, I love I, awesome. I, 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, and I went to one of her her New Year's Eve celebrations, I got to meet her and talk to her. And, oh, wow. um, and we talked about how women, especially because she had been raped at 19 in New York. And, um, and she doesn't really talk about it a lot, because for her, that happened so long ago, and she's yeah. moved past it. Um, but we were talking about how often people focus on the reality of their situation. And then they, and they attract more of that. Um, yeah. or their past and they attract more men like that and 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 it's hard to believe that everyone has a higher self who actually is kind 
And so when you do a course in miracles, you have, you know, one of the things that it requires you to do is to believe that everyone has a higher self. Um, And in yoga, we say namaste, the light in me sees the light in you. And one of the things I'll often tell if I, if I sense someone in the class is struggling because they've been through something um, by someone else and it's hard to forgive them. I'll say, just remember that light only reflects off the stillness of water. Our bodies are 80% water. Yeah. So if you're anxious, the light isn't reflecting. And if someone else has forgotten who they are, has forgotten their light and is behaving outside of their highest self, there's no way they can reflect light. Wow. So you're not even meant to connect with them, Yeah. but they can be a teacher to you. They are your teacher. They're okay. teaching you patience. They're teaching you confidence. They're teaching you how to take care of yourself. They're teaching you boundaries. And I've had a lot of teachers in my life. And so I have to find gratitude for them because I would not have made this journey without them. Wow. That's powerful. Thank you. Yeah. I love the light uh, imagery that you're talking about. I was just picturing that and how true mm-hmm. that really is, you know, and I, I do believe that we are love and light and energy and that like mm-hmm. attracts like and our frequencies, if they're, if our frequencies up here, we're going to attract the same type of frequency that's in that same, same realm. And I just love what you're saying. <laughs> it's just ringing true Thanks. to me. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thanks. You know, you mentioned, and I, I hope I can ask this, but you mentioned maybe you could put us through a, a you know, maybe like a two minute guided meditation. Would, would you be willing to sure. do that? Sure. I'd be happy to. And I, I think our listeners would be like, okay, so if you're driving <laughs> your car right now, pull over. Not now. <laughs> yeah, pull your car over. <laughs> but uh, if you're in a place, uh, you know, get uh, put some things down, put your phone down, and and uh, let's have uh, Laura take us through a guided meditation. Okay, so do you prefer light imagery, or do you prefer choosing how you'd like to feel? Let's do light. All right, good. Okay, everybody, um, separate your feet, ground them if you can. So if you're sitting in a chair, and then if you're laying in the bed, don't worry, just, you know, as my favorite meditator, David G says, feather your nest, get comfortable, right? It's not meant to be painful, right? Um, And place one hand over your heart space and one hand over that. And just bow your head a little bit, close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Belly fills like dough, ribs expand, fill those lungs like balloons and open your mouth and exhale. Deepen your exhale. Do that again. Inhale, breathing through your nose. Let the belly expand, fill the lungs until something feels like it's bubbling up into your throat space and then open your mouth. One more. I call these a cleansing breath. Inhale, deep breath in. I want you to dig it up from your toes, any anxiety, fear, doubts, you know your stuff, and open your mouth, exhale, let it go. Good. And now you can place your hands in your lap, palms up for receiving. A lot of us give, and it's important to balance that with receiving. Just breathe peacefully in and out of your nose. Your teeth are not clenched. Your shoulders relax, maybe even roll them a couple of times. Lean back in your chair. And I want you just to start to scan your body. It's just a mental scan. It's not a big deal. From your toes up to your knees, your hips, front of the legs, back of the legs, ankles, toes, belly, low back, mid back, shoulders, chest, neck, whole spine, elbows, wrists, pinkies, thumbs, index fingers, ring finger, middle finger, eyebrows, space between your eyebrows, let go of what you think you know, top of the head, base of the head, whole body, all your organs, all your blood cells, and just notice where your mind pauses. That's how there's to it. Don't second guess it. And we're going to start what I call ujjayi pranayama, where you deepen your breath. As you exhale, you make a humming sound like the ocean. It's like you're trying to blow out a candle with your mouth closed. Send your breath to wherever you're holding tension. Maybe it's your jaw. Maybe it's your temples. Maybe your belly. We hold stress in different places. We're going to take five breaths like that, just sending the heated breath, which is calming to your central nervous system, to where you're holding any pain. And maybe it's your heart space. Just send it there. Ask for it to open and to let go. Three more breaths. 
Listen to that exhale like you're listening to a seashell, like the ocean sounds. Good. And I want you to visualize really calm water. The ocean is like mid-afternoon. Diamonds alight are dancing on the waters. It's not rocky. It's not stormy. It's just really peaceful. And the light is reflecting on it. And I want you to visualize your body. 75% water. Just reflecting that light. You can feel it dancing throughout your veins. Joy flows through my veins with every breath. Start to bring in that energy of healing. That light is just coming into your body with every inhale and every exhale you're sending it. Almost like it's cleansing your cells, your organs, your tissues strengthening your bones, your heart space, your brain, every synapse, every telomere. And really feel the light coming in where you need it. And allow it to reflect the light of anything that brings you joy. You don't have to say God. You don't even have to say a higher power if that's not in your vocabulary, but when you're in nature, when you're with an animal that loves you unconditionally, that wags its tail when you come in just for being alive, feel that feeling that lights you up and start to ask yourself what lights you up. Maybe it's dancing, that favorite song, what lights you up? Maybe it's a project that makes time slip away. This is our moment where we slip into that space where we flow with, with gratitude. We start to think about what, what flows, what works. You know, those times when we get the parking spaces, we start thinking with gratitude of what works in our life so we can attract more of it like a vortex. So take a moment to think about what's working in your life. It's a powerful choice to think about what works rather than what annoys, right? So people, pets, places, moments butterflies, something you saw today, a kind person, somebody smiled at you, just bring it in. And know you're attracting more of it. Take a few moments. Open your heart. You're so deserving. What are you allowing in? Bring it in. And we're going to finish this guided meditation with setting an intention for your weekend. Doesn't have to be anything big. It could just be drinking water and flossing your teeth, honestly. But think of something that you'd like to bring in. And it could just be one word like serenity, peace, sense of safety. Nothing concrete like a certain boy, please. Just something open and spacious so that the universe can even delight you with more. Good. Now take a deep breath in. Through the nose, shoulders rise up to your ears. Squeeze the shoulder blades together and open your mouth. Let it go. One more. Inhale. Fill the lungs. Hold it up at the top for five, four, three, two, one. Exhale out of your mouth. And open your eyes. Oh, that was awesome. You really do have the perfect voice for that. <laughs> I, I feel you. so, yeah, I feel so relaxed. And uh, I, I'm so grateful that you did that because I know there's many people out there who are suffering and this is a simple way, even if it's just for a few minutes, like we just did here, your suffering mm -hmm. subsides, it, it, it lessens. And at times it goes away, even if it's just for a few minutes, so I think it's important that we do things like this that kind of bring us to the present moment, like you talked about earlier. And again, I just love everything that you do, Laura. It's uh, thank you. You're you're an inspiration to me. Um, like I said, you know, we first got connected, you know, a little over a month ago, and I've been doing a lot of research on you. And I just I'm really impressed by how you live your life and and how you've taken what you've been through, the good and the bad, 
and you're just, you're making a difference in people's lives because of it now. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. If people want to reach out to you and they want mm-hmm. to get to know you better, they want to, you know, uh, get, get your book and maybe get these books that are coming. What's the best way for them to do that? Sure. I would just at my, my website, Laura K R O E like fish eggs, Laura K row.com. Okay. Um, and then I also, you know, if someone's struggling financially, just send me a note, you know, and um, okay. I'll send you the book. The, nice. the other thing too, my meditation book, the other thing too is I do um, Zoom um, stretching and meditation classes twice okay. a week. Oh, okay. They are very inexpensive. Okay. They're through the hospital who wants to do good. So it's through a Torrance Memorial Medical Center. So if anyone is interested, send me an email through my website. They are less than $7 a class. Oh, wow. You do it by Zoom. You don't have to be seen. You can cut your camera off and you can breathe deeply and just do some stretches. Um, And it is amazing for getting a good night's sleep. So that's Monday at four and Wednesday at five. No one is in rock star shape. Trust me. A lot of these are people that are overcoming cancer, but everyone cuts their cuts their cameras off and it became so popular during zoom i mean during pandemic that we're keeping it even though studios are reopening yeah because it's allowing people from all over to have a really inexpensive way to relieve stress so you won't find it you won't find it easily online but if you email me through my website i'll hook you up beautiful thank you that sounds wonderful Well, thank you for taking some time out of your schedule today. And uh, thank you for your intention to uh, make a difference. And you did. And I'm impressed and I'm inspired by you. And I'm sure those listening feel the same way. And um, again, thank you for being an example of what it looks like to, to live a life of, uh, you know, in the present moment and free of stress, or at least lower stress. And uh, again, it's very impressive to watch. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was great being here and chatting with you. Yeah, you bet. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, I told you another amazing person, Laura K. Rowe. Please check out her website. Uh, Reach out to her, like she said, and, you know, drop her a note and go get her book and sign up for that class. Or if you just have a question for her, if you're struggling with anything, obviously she's covered a wide range of things. She's been through a lot. So she understands. And I just, I encourage every one of you to reach out to her and, uh, and then learn more about her. You guys are going to just be blown away of all this great things that she's doing. So love you guys. And again, Laura, thank you so much for your time. Namaste. Right. (laughs) Exactly.